Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. podcast formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host Brad Harden recording live from Atlanta Georgia Pollen Field Atlanta Georgia good lord it's everywhere and I'm recording this on Monday April 4th you know night of the national title game I am a Duke supporter I'm salty end of a legend end of the era with coach K hats off to a Hall of Fame career, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game of college basketball, basketball in general, and one of the greatest coaches in sports when you look at history. But I'm salty, so I'd rather spend tonight talking Atlanta Hawks, who last week went 4-0. And as you remember last episode, I said 3-1. 3-1 was the benchmark. If they didn't get to 3-1, it's a successful week. To go 4-0... You couldn't ask for anything better. Right now, the Hawks, your Atlanta Hawks are hot right now. And I'm not talking Gunna, Young Thug, Travis Scott. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that new Dreamville tape, which that Dreamville tape D-Day is nasty. If y'all have not heard it, whew, the Hawks are that hot. They're that hot right now. The Hawks have won five straight games, currently hold the second longest winning streak in the NBA right now behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Hawks have won seven of the last 10 games and a lot in the last 20 to 25 games. They have won way more than they have lost. They are now four games above 500 at 41 and 37. Good for eighth in the East place. And they're quietly second in their division after winning it last year. Obviously, we're not going to reach the Miami Heat, who are the number one seed in the East right now. They are just on another level, and we will see them soon. But the Hawks do hold eighth place outright, and they sit a game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, which the Hawks potentially taking seventh place is very doable, very doable. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a pretty tough schedule, which started last night when they lost to Philadelphia, and they have a wonderful game tomorrow night versus the Orlando Magic on the road. But then after that, they finish the last two games of the regular season versus Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So it's going to be tough sledding for them. So it's very possible that the Hawks could take seven and host a playing game, depending on how things shake out. But it's no easy feat for the Hawks as well, as the Hawks have their path ahead of them that starts tomorrow night on the road up in the sixth versus the Toronto Raptors. And then they take on the Wizards at home on the second out of a back-to-back flying down from Toronto on Wednesday night. Friday night, they're going to be on the road in Miami. As I mentioned, very hot team right now, and I'll talk a little bit later about Miami. And they finish the regular season on the road in H-Town, taking on the Rockets. Right now, the last 10 games, the Raptors are 7-3. and three. They are one of the hotter teams in the NBA as well, along with the Atlanta Hawks. 
So it's going to be a very, very fun, tightly contested matchup. Defense is going to be a huge emphasis tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about that a little later in the program. Wizards. Eh. Their season's over. They have nothing to play for, but people sometimes they get minutes towards the end of the season if people are shut down and whatnot, and people just have crazy games, and they play spirited. So we still want to remain focused and we can't sleep on the Wizards even though their season's over. They're still a, you know, divisional opponent. We see them a lot early and often, so they're going to know us. We're going to know them. It's going to be competitive, so don't sleep if you see that score tighter than what you would hope for from the Hawks. They're going to, I think they're going to give the Hawks their best shot, but the Hawks have to come in with that focus that they've been carrying for the last several games. Miami Heat, have won four straight games and are on track to clinch the number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now. And then in the season also with Houston, although a lot of exciting young talent in H-Town, they are tied for the worst record in the NBA. But the Hawks did lose to this Rockets team earlier in the year here in Atlanta. That was one of the worst losses of the season for them. The Hawks had a lot of bad losses this, this year, and that was a glaring one playing Houston at home. That was bad. And like I said before, it's about the Hawks keeping that intensity and mentality that they've been carrying over the last four or five games. And honestly, for the last 10 plus games in this stretch as the playoffs near. But we're going to recap quickly the next game. But first, this plug. All right, and we are back. I told all my friends, I said, don't be surprised when the Hawks beat the Nets. They ain't want to hear that work. No, Brad, you know, KD, Kyrie pulling up to the city and on Quavo's birthday. Oh, nah, it's not going to happen. Cap, cap, cap. KD and Kyrie did KD and Kyrie things and beyond. And KD, good gracious. I mean, has the opposing player record in State Farm Arena for most points in the game after he dropped 55 on us. And at one point in the game where I got a little nervous, the Nets had 87 points and Kyrie had 44 of them. And that was in the third quarter. So just a monster game from KD. Kyrie shot the ball too much. He had 32 shot attempts, scored 31 points. So even though he put up points, Took a lot of shots and was not an ultra-efficient night from Kyrie. And the Hawks just did what they had to do. You know, you knew you knew you weren't going to stop two of the best scorers ever in NBA history. So you got to keep everybody else at bay. And for the most part, the Hawks did that. I mean, they they really did that. And it's, even though the Nets scored 115, it was a great defensive effort from the Hawks. And I will talk about that a little bit later. Ball movement was solid early in the game, but then it kind of tailored out as it got later and later to the game, especially when the Nets started making our runs, KD started doing KD things, and the Nets were making things interesting down the stretch, but the Hawks pretty much had this game in control the whole game, and even though, you know, the Nets made that run, like I said, enough people were contributing for the Hawks early and often in the game that gave Trey that energy down the stretch that burst to end the game, and Ice the game, Ice Trey. Ironically, he hit a little shimmy and shiver when he hit the game-clinching three under a minute left 
to put the Hawks by eight to kind of seal that when Trey called game and did what he had to do. So the Hawks won 122-115 here in Atlanta and a great, great night in Atlanta for Atlanta fans to see their Hawks win at home versus the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone's favorite to win the NBA Finals coming into the season. They are obviously now 10th place in the East and have some soul searching to do before the playing happens, but they're going to be a very tough out if they get the eight seed. I think they will get the eight seed. They're going to be a very tough out because of those two players. But when you look at the stats in the next game, even though the numbers were pretty even for the most part, there were some things that definitely stood out. The Nets shot better from three-point range. Rebounding margin was close, but the Hawks did have 54 boards on Saturday night, which was great to see them compete on the glass. They sometimes kind of leave that to Capella. And then losing Collins, they just kind of leave it to Capello and Okongwu. No one else kind of chips in. They have some unsung heroes on the glass, especially DeAndre Hunter, who gave himself a double-double with 10 rebounds on the night and ended with 15 points. But the differences in the game, turnovers. The Nets had seven more turnovers than the Hawks. The Hawks only had seven. So it was a great night taking care of the ball and enforcing turnovers on the opponents. And the Hawks were very, very aggressive getting to the paint and getting to the free throw line, which is uncharacteristic and wish and I wish that was more part of their DNA in their game. They were very aggressive, got into the paint, caused a lot of whistles to be called, and got themselves some charity stripe points. And Trey Young even got him to the charity stripe, which he we're used to seeing in the past. He ended with 14 free throw attempts on Saturday night. So that was something that those were the two big things that really led the Hawks to win that game, in my opinion. Defense outside of KD and Kyrie, the turnover margin, and then the free throw attempts for the Hawks. Those are the big three things from Saturday night to let them win that game. Outside of Trey Young down the stretch, just being clutch and doing what he has to do to win the game and matching KD, even though he didn't match it for points, for heart and timely baskets, Trey answered the call. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Trey a little bit later. We're going to gloss over the stats real quick. And it helps, you know, on Saturday night that the Hawks did not have to see Seth Curry or Bowen on Saturday night. And like I said, the great defense on, you know, keeping everybody pretty much in check outside of KD and Kyrie. Outside of the 86 points that KD and Kyrie combined for, good Lord, 86 points between two players. That's just, I mean, that's why they're a tough out at eight. But 86 points between those two. Only 29 combined points for the seven other Nets player that touched the floor on Saturday night. Seven players combined for 29 points. Kyrie outscored all seven. Well, sorry, K KD and Kyrie outscored both of those, uh, all seven other Nets players by themselves. And because KD had to carry, you know, the weight and missed a lot of shots and overshot on Saturday night. I mean, he had to for his teammates, but. A lot of shot attempts. He had more shot attempts than KD, and KD dropped 55. I mean, you're going to live with that. You're going to live with 29 combined points out of seven other players. That's just terrific. I mean, the Hawks did not allow for any third or fourth options to even surface for them. KD and Kyrie were the only players in double digits for the Nets. Just a great team defensive performance and it was a great team offensive performance. Trey Young had his 36 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds on Saturday night. He made four three-pointers as I mentioned. 
DeAndre Hunter had 15 points and 10 rebounds. Double-double, very solid game. I loved what he did on the glass. Herter cooled off, only had five points and shot 20% from the floor. But they spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. TLC in another start had 11 points. Capella had nine points, 12 rebounds, two steals. Gallo had 15 points off the bench with five rebounds. Double O, six points and six rebounds. Lou Will had eight. Bogey cooled off that game. Did not score a lot of points. Wasn't that efficient for the floor, but still had eight points. DeLon Wright had nine points. So as I said, it was spread out across the board. Everybody was doing their part defensively and offensively, moving the ball, everyone contributing on just very laser focused on this game. And team effort is what's been winning the Hawks games, you know, recently, these string of games. This is what's been winning them games, team effort, ball movement, and the intensity on the defensive end has ratcheted up several notches from the abysmal defensive effort that we question throughout most of the regular season. And this is what's going to help them, you know, give them an opportunity to win more games, play more games, play deeper into this postseason and make a potential run. I mean, Collins needs to be present if the Hawks are going to make a run. But certainly this spirit, this effort that they're playing with and the momentum that they are gaining, which was exactly what I said needed to happen for the Hawks in the best case scenario to feel great about themselves going into a playing game tournament and potentially into the first round of the NBA playoffs. And now the Hawks are in a position to just play one game and they're in, which is, you know, it looked bleak. We thought nine, I mean, about a week or two ago, I thought nine and 10 were, were where the Hawks going to be, maybe eight. Now they have a shot at seven. That just speaks to the turnaround recently. And we need to give everybody on the team credit. We need to give McMillan credit, this, this coaching staff credit. They even made some adjustments, which a lot of people were shocked about. You know, finally double-teaming KD after he just was blitzing the Hawks by himself on Saturday night. But it was great to see adjustments because those are the type of adjustments that obviously you would like to see them sooner in the game to keep him from breaking records against us. Um, and taking away from the headlines and a a great win, even though the Nets are struggling. That was the biggest win of the season for the Hawks because of what it did and the implications of the playoffs and for their confidence and, you know, just shows everybody around the league. Look out for the Hawks. I've been telling people, watch the Hawks. They want to hear it and they're not listening to this show. But if you listen to the show, like obviously you are right now, you know that I've been saying that they're capable of this and they needed to do these things. And it's like, they just heard my show. And, but, it's just great for the Hawks, building that confidence, that camaraderie going into the postseason. And they're, even if they lose the first playing game, they still have another opportunity to advance. So at worst, you have to play two games. But having only to play one game, get some people rested, get them get, get their legs ready before. I mean, regardless, you know, the Hawks win that one game, they're going to have to play this number two seed in the East, which could be a number of teams in we're going to talk a little bit about best case scenario there. But playoff atmosphere games are going to continue. As I said, we got the Toronto Raptors tomorrow night in the sixth. Right now, the injury report goes as follows. Bogey is questionable right now with right knee soreness. Gallo has some left knee inflammation. He's questionable as well. And obviously, John Collins is out. And for Toronto, OG Ananobi is right now day-to-day. -day, so I probably expect him to play. I mean, they could rest him, but I would probably expect 
you know, OG to play tomorrow night. Last game, the Hawks played the Raptors. They blew, blew <laughs> Toronto out of the building here in the State Farm Arena. And, you know, they lost the first two games of the regular season, you know, in this matchup versus the Toronto Raptors. And it was definitely tough sledding those games behind three-point shooting from the Raptors, the lack of three-point shooting from the Hawks, and then just poor defense, poor defense from Atlanta. But they certainly gave some effort and, you know, just were just out-competed, to be honest. In that blowout of the Raptors, the last time they played, Trey Young had 41 points and 12 assists, only pretty much through three quarters from what I remember. And the last time they were up in Toronto, they lost 125-114. They were buried by the three ball from the Raptors. You know, Siakam had that crazy 20-point first quarter. You know, the team defense, you know, was not great. But as of lately, the Hawks team defense has been better. They've seen more connected. They've been forcing more turnovers, getting more steals, rebounding a little bit better, which they're going to need all of those things against a team who is Great defensively and great on the offensive glass. One of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, especially when you think about Pressure Shachua, who is just, his motor is just unmatched at times. We're going to have to account for him on tomorrow night, as well as, you know, the team, they do a great job as a team rebounding, especially being slightly undersized as a team. They have length, but they don't have a lot of big, tall bodies in the paint. So we got to compete on the glass, and we have to have a spread attack to make this Toronto defense move side to side and work a little bit harder to, you know, throughout the game. And hopefully that gives the Hawks a chance down the stretch to potentially win this game in the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter in this game. After a blowout here in Atlanta, I expect the Raptors, who did lose their last game, to the Miami Heat by five, and they lost because of the three-point shooting from Miami, which the Hawks are very familiar with this year as they've been, you know, buried by a three-point barrage by the Heat. But, you know, the three-point shooting for the Heat did cause the Raptors to fall behind in that second half and ultimately fall short in that game. And before that loss to Miami, they won five games straight. So this is a very good team. Nick Nurse, who obviously has won a ring, and they have few guys still on that team from that championship team. He talked about how poor their defense was against Miami. So I expect the Raptors to come out with high intensity on the defensive end of the floor. And that's what they're going to, what their focus is going to be um, against the Hawks. They see the Hawks, obviously. I'm going to talk about the numbers offensively for the Hawks this year. That's going to be the challenge that this defense is going to take on in the Raptors. So I expect them to bring it tomorrow night. The last game they played against the Hawks, they did not take care of the ball well. So the Hawks are going to have to match that pressure and intensity, creating turnovers on the Raptors to win this ball game. Three-point shooting is going to be very important for the Hawks. Typically, when teams outshoot the Raptors from the three ball, the opposing team wins. So we're going to have to pick and choose our moments, but certainly knock down threes when we have open looks. And we're going to need to dominate the paint. Points in the paint was big in the last couple of games. And whoever wins those points in the paint usually wins the game as well. So we're going to have to attack, find ways to attack this defense, knock down our open shots, 
get into the paint, get to the free throw line this game like they did against the Nets and use that defensive intensity that the Raptors are going to play with tomorrow night against them. Miami plays a similar style to the Raptors, so the Hawks are going to need to probably use the same game plan, same mentality, same attack on Friday night when they travel down to the 305. And I said before I was going to talk about the Hawks' number offensively. They are the number two offensive rated team in the NBA. They are sixth in points per game. Right now, the Miami Heat, 11th in offensive rating, fifth in defensive rating, third in opponent's points per game, and sixth in net. The Toronto Raptors are 14th offensively in the NBA, 8th defensively, 8th in opponent's points per game, and 12th in net. So these games are these are the games that the Hawks usually come in focused, and they give their best effort against the teams who are playoff caliber teams. They're going to have to do that. Obviously, you're only going to see playoff teams going forward once this regular season is over. So they're going to have to, you know, they've been doing that. They're going to have to continue that mentality and intensity into tomorrow night. And like I said, they've been winning more games because of that. And playoff mode is already sunk in for this team. Win or go home, do or die, whatever you want to call it. They have that look about them that they are poised to make a run and they are ready for what's to come their way. I think the Hawks will get into the playoffs at this point. They will win the first playing game versus Cleveland, take on the number two seed, whoever that will be. I hope it is the Boston Celtics. And as crazy as some people may may think me challenging the Boston Celtics, I think the Hawks have the best shot at advancing against them. I think it may be like a Knicks situation where the Hawks did not play well. It was always bad breaks, bad luck for why they were losing the last. They lost the last two matchups to the Celtics. So this is going to be an opportunity for the Hawks to get revenge. And I can see that being... You know, like Trey Young going to the Garden, Trey Young going to the Garden, going to the TD up in Boston, and you know putting on a show and against a hostile crowd that he can feed off of. That's going to be what I want to see in that first round. It's going to be a very entertaining series. It's going to get, and I sp- spoke on Trey Young already. I would be remiss if I did not congratulate him for winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week, well deserved and. Hawks Fan TV tweeted out these numbers. Uh, shout out Hawks Fan TV. Check it out if you do have not. If you're a fan of the Hawks, you need to check them out. They have some great content over there. But they were talking about Trey Young has already had 50 30 point 10 assist games, and he's in the fourth year in the NBA, which he's now all time fifth behind Magic Johnson, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and James Harden, which is a wonderful host of names to be mentioned next to, but to have already 50, 30 point and 10 assist games, and he does it pretty much on the reg. It's astounding. It speaks to Trey young, who this is his third player of the week award this year. And in my opinion, he is an all NBA guard. He's at worst second team. You can argue first team. I know some people are going to still put Steph and maybe one other player above him. But with the injury to Steph Curry, I think Trey Young should be first team at worst, second team all NBA this year. He has been every bit as a top three guard, point guard in the NBA. He deserves it. Some people say he's number one. I think he's definitely in the top three. That's a debate for another day, but he has been outstanding this week. 
the Hawks are obviously 4-0, but Trey Young averaged 30.3 points per game, almost 11 assists and three boards in the last week, which is why he won the award. And when you look at his numbers overall for the season, he's tied for fourth in points per game. Ironically, he's tied with Luka Doncic at 28.3 points per game. He's third in assists per game at 9.6 assists, and he's top 12 in three-pointers made per game. Trey Young is going to be the reason why the Hawks can go far, but this team play that we have seen lately is what's going to have them upset some teams, upset the Bostons, upset potentially in Milwaukee if you have to go through them. Miami, I mean, whoever they have to go through, Trey Young gives you that opportunity. A healthy John Collins gives you the opportunity. Now, I don't know. We don't have a timetable as of right now on when he can come back. He may be done for the year. And I wouldn't blame the Hawks for shutting him down for the rest of the year with how the Hawks are playing. Unfortunately for John Collins, that could put him on a trading block this summer. We'll see when we get there. But right now, we're locked in in playoff mode, and the Hawks are certainly showing that. And I'm excited to see how they're going to perform tomorrow night and close out the regular season. If we can beat Toronto, Miami's going to be real tough. Beat the Wizards and beat Houston. If they can go 3-1, and one, that's a fantastic way to end the regular season. Even if they drop one to win, that would be Eight of the last nine games is no small feat. Even seven of the last nine games, if they happen to drop two this week, it's still some momentum, especially when you're going to feel good about yourselves. If Cleveland happens to fall back and you still can finesse seven, even if you have to go on the road as an eight seed and go up to Cleveland, I'm going to put my money on the Hawks to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a one-game play-in game, in my opinion. I mean, the Hawks were a playoff team last year. They have experience. I think having them paired with Cleveland in a play-in tournament with the experience and the, and the run that the Hawks made with a lot of the same guys from last year's team, it's going to give them an advantage in a, in a play-in situation. I see them moving on. And as I said, if we play the Boston Celtics, bring it on. If not, it's going to, they're going to compete in that first round. But I think their best chance of moving and advancing is playing the Celtics. So we're going to see how it all falls out. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody. As playoffs are ramping up, we are ramping it up at Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast here. So put us on. Put us on the Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. Does not matter. Put them onto the show. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Had so much fun talking Hawks today. We're in a better place. We're going to get into an even better place. All those who hung tough, shared the faith with me. You're being paid handsomely right now. You're being rewarded. But there's still a lot of work to be done, and the Hawks know that. So health, rest, and then coming in tomorrow into the six with that killer mentality to come out there and bust these dudes to even the season series. It's going to be what I hope to see on a wonderful Tuesday night. So you guys stay safe. We'll catch you guys next episode. We're going to hit you back after Wednesday's game versus the Wizards. 
and then talk about that Miami Heat matchup. And then next episode should probably be Sunday night, early Monday morning. Probably going to be that Sunday night. I will be out of town this weekend, but I'll be watching the Hawks carefully. And I'll be happy to come back and talk Hawks with you going into that play-in game tournament. Whoever we play, probably going to be Cleveland Cavaliers. But let's go Hawks, and I will catch you guys next episode.